Hello, and welcome back to Epiloggers, a book club for fantasy fiction and nerd-like reading, where we crack open a beer as we crack open our books. Shay, my co-host, and I try out each new book in a two-part series so that you can experience the book right along with us. In this epilogue episode, we wrap up Ender's Game from Orson Scott Card. So here is your spoiler warning. We will be discussing the entire plot and the ending. So if you need to read the book before listening, you should do so now. We'll wait. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at epiloggerspod. So join the discussion and let us know what you thought of this book. As always, thank you for listening. And if you could give us a rating and review in your podcasting app that helps us grow and build an amazing audience to share our love for fantasy with. But that's all of the updates I have for now. So let's get on with the show. Yeah. Well, how was your day? Tell me about this migraine. (laughs) My day was pretty fucking shitty. (laughs) Uh, I woke up at like five, maybe. I'm guessing it was about five because there wasn't really light coming in through the windows. And I had a migraine. Yeah. So I felt like absolute trash all day. Yeah. And felt a little bit better around six. Ate some soup, went to the barn, and then I made myself a bunch of food (laughs) while I was waiting for you. Oh, good. Well, at least you're hungry. So it was good because I like cut up a bunch of fruit and I made a pasta salad and I'm I'm ready for tomorrow's hellstorm. That's exciting. <laughs> so you have at least until three tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And then it begins. Do you and your classmates already have a plan in place? No, we don't have a plan yet. Mm-hmm. We'll have to come up with one because we don't have one. Yet. I was going to say it's going to be it's just going to be a little last minute uh, <laughs> day of. Yeah. <laughs> probably oh that's funny but but we have so my test is next week right um so we'll have the whole weekend which will be good yeah and you guys are allowed to do it together yeah we're allowed to read the papers together we just can't take the test together ah okay so it's not a take home no 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 no. so Mm. we have seven days to read the papers they'll give us five and we choose three like individually so that will also affect the groups a little bit because we won't all read we won't all choose the same paper like they'll give us one from every field represented by the department there'll be like one cell paper one microbiology paper one neuro paper etc etc um we have the seven days to choose three and just like know those papers inside and out and come up with like other experiments that we would do and then you take the test uh, the next Thursday on whichever three papers you have selected, but you can't bring your annotated copy. It's a fresh copy of the paper. Oh, no. Yeah. And then you take it by yourself and it's like a three hour test. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. It's going to be a shitty week, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> It'll go quickly, I'm sure. Well, we've been talking for 30 minutes. Let's yeah. uh, do a quick rundown of Ender's Game and call it a night. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's do this. So disclaimer, I didn't, I don't, I like skimmed through the, like the rest of the book. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really read it. <laughs> I know. I, I read it because I knew that you were going to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to be able to compare. Yeah. If, if necessary, but I can tell you that I didn't enjoy finishing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it took us, I mean, I think it's been six weeks. <laughs> think it's no yeah i think it's been because i accidentally skipped two weeks on releasing the podcast there was Mm -hmm. like i forgot to release it one week so it's Mm -hmm. been at least four weeks since a podcast or since that has happened and then we didn't do ender's game for two weeks before that so i'm pretty sure we're six weeks later (laughs) oops wow 
Welcome yeah. back. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I, I have nothing to say. It just was a struggle to get through it. Yeah. I should say, like, the last third of it went a little bit faster um, because more shit happened. Yeah, I felt like, like the movie really picked up after he switched to from Salamander to his own. Did he go to his own yeah. right after that? Or dragon or something like that. Dragon army is his army, but I honestly don't remember if there was one in between. I don't think there was. If not, it wasn't relevant because it wasn't in the movie. Right. And it was, wait, did he do, there has to be three because he started in somebody else's army, moved to a different army. Oh, that's right. Salamander was the first one. What was after? Rat. Okay. That's kind of what what my head thought. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. (laughs) It's been a rough day. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Salamander, Rat, and then Dragon, and Dragon was his own. Yeah, Dragon and is his. And he was able to pick his own, right? Yes, they asked him to pick his own, I think, because there weren't there weren't any more. He didn't, like, take over one. So Dragon Army had existed before, but they were terrible, so they retired the name. Oh, that's right. Back. Yeah. So the biggest key points that I remember from the movie were the turning points in when Dragon Army... Mm-hmm. Whoops. Um was really training together and they did they were like figuring out all this cool shit and and mm-hmm. then they started getting bombarded by salamander or rat who was the albi no albi's from Maze who was the albi? bonzo yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah bonzo so he was the one the leader of rat army and he was like a fucking twerp because he punched like he fucking attacked ender in the bathroom yeah. That was him, Attacks right? him in the shower. Yeah, yeah. Right. So immediately after that, they are in the game room and Bonzo is trying to like sneak attack in somehow. And mm-hmm. that's the turning point in when Ender created like this really cool way to get around it. And right. Yeah. That I am feeling like from there in the book, it started to probably pick up. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And I would, I would say like all of the descriptions of Dragon Army are just like painfully heroic. That's not the right word. They never lose a match. Yeah, right. No matter what they throw, like at at some point they fight two armies. At one time. Yeah, that's okay. That's what I'm thinking. And it's like dark or something. I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The odds are so ridiculously stacked against them and they never lose because like they are always one step ahead and just like the cutting edge of these genius <laughs> youths. Well, what I, yeah, I mean, but that doesn't even make sense. Sure, Ender is supposed to be this like fantastic character, mm-hmm. but then he takes the girl who's a really good sharpshooter and Petra. then the, it, was it a Jewish boy? I think so, a Jewish boy. And then he just mm-hmm. takes like all of the fucking little twerps from Salamander Army, like all of his little baby friends. I don't even think those kids were in armies. Oh, okay, so in the book, they're like launchies. They're oh, right, not yes. even in an army. They're just like babies. And I'm gonna yeah. say babies because they're, like six or seven fucking years old yeah exactly yep that's what that's what i remember thinking and i'm like why the fuck would he only take launches as his army like he's not gonna get anywhere (laughs) well he didn't get to pick his army oh that's right he acquires petra later i think and his friend so a lie is it a lie yeah a lie is his friend and i don't know if he's jewish 
Because I thought he said shalom too. Because there was like this weird big religious thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When he like kisses him. Yeah. (laughs) He says salam, but I think you're thinking of shalom. Oh, yep. I actually, I don't know what salam is. I don't know either. Religion. Yeah. Well, yeah. There is a Jewish kid because they make a point to like completely stereotype him. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like not even, it's not even under the cover of anything. No. This book was very racist. Yeah. (laughs) Very racist. It was racist. It was sexist. It was, can I say ageist? I don't think it was. It was just like hilariously inaccurate yeah for like the feelings and abilities of children well yeah and i feel like well yeah they they made the woman the sharpshooter because in world war ii women were always the sharpshooters and they had the best ability okay thank you they can't be anything else nope i'll be there's also only one there's only one There's only one female. (laughs) And can we talk about, I'm just going to transition into one of the themes that I thought was super weird. Yeah. This book is oddly sexualized. Hmm. Like anytime the kids are sleeping, they're naked. Really? They're like, yes. Oh my God. Did you think I remember? No, I like don't think I paid attention enough. They're constantly naked. And so- one of the points that Ender makes is that you know, it's like they either don't have pajamas or they have like one leisure suit. So they can either like put their suit on. Their they have like two suits. suits. They have like walk around town suit. <laughs> yeah, it's a leisure suit. <laughs> One, like, around class in whatever suit, and then, like, one fighting suit. So it would be like wearing your jeans to bed, I guess. So the majority of them choose to be naked when they're sleeping. Or when they're just, like, walking around. If they're in their, like, little common room, there's a really high chance that they're naked. Case in point, when Petra opens the door and Mm. meets Ender, Mm -hmm. she's naked. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to backtrack because I'm curious about that scene now. (laughs) Yeah. He gets a lecture later, I think, from Dink, I want to say. Yeah. Maybe not. It doesn't matter. So, because there's like someone above Dink, but Dink is like the mastermind of that army. I mm-hmm. think is what I. Oh got. yes, I remember that. Yep. Um, that was Bonzo so and Dink. Is it yeah. really Bonzo? Yeah. I think Bonzo might be in it. Oh no, you're right because Petra's in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, he the like Dink tells him that the leader forbids them from skinning around Petra. Oh. And Ender was like, why? She was naked when she answered the door. Yeah. And Dink is like, she can do whatever she wants, but you can't. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just, it's just so weird. Yeah. Because there's no reason for them to be naked. Like, I don't know why you needed to point that out or like make that a thing. And they're children. They're all children. The oldest that Petra could be is 12. Mm -hmm. Like, they could all be naked and it would be fine. No one has secondary sex characteristics. Like, yeah. They're just kids. Mm -hmm. Why would you make this point that like the boys aren't allowed to be naked in front of Petra? Not that I'm supporting the fact that children should be naked (laughs) in front of each other. But, but you like, sh- yeah, you shouldn't even be like number one. You Petra didn't need to have to answer the door naked. Like the whole naked thing didn't even need to be a thing. It didn't. Why didn't you just give them leisure clothes? Right. They could have all they wear just have pajamas. Yeah, they could have just fucking worn snuggies. Right. She could have opened the door like eating an apple, like every other aggressive tomboy female character thrown into one of these right. movies slash situations. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> she could have been having a lollipop. <laughs> Well, and so I don't know if the book did this, but did the movie had Bonzo and his cronies 
attack Ender in the bathroom while he was yeah. showering. Yeah. So they is that attack a thing? him in the shower. Is that yeah. a thing? You do that? Do you do that? You attack someone while they're showering? <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're a piece of shit, then like, sure. And then Ender is really smart and like puts soap all over himself so that he's slippery. Yeah. But also. You want to fight naked? <laughs> you know, to fight in the shower. Like, that's the worst. I can't remember. There's some. what When we saw Deadpool and he fights naked, there's a famous action movie where there's a naked fight scene and it's like really famous. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up because I, I, it's like on the tip of my tongue, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they reference it or I should say they like mimic it in the first Deadpool movie. But fighting naked sounds like the worst. That sounds like the absolute worst. Why in the world? Why in the world? Exactly. They're children. I just don't get it. I don't understand why they needed. There's just like two sides. Either they can be children or they can be naked. (laughs) It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be this weird middle ground. Like I would have believed this story about Ender being a brilliant young man so much more than I believe Ender as this six year old child who also runs around naked. Yeah. It's just weird. Like the themes are too adult for children especially six-year-olds like children six Uh, to twelve year olds it was jackie chan's naked butt fight scene in the accidental spy that's hilarious i love jackie chan yeah Uh, but yeah, no, I don't. I, and I think that's what frustrated me the most because it just wasn't realistic enough. I, I <laughs> guess I enjoy at least a mild sense of realism in my sci-fi. But right. having six-year-olds play these games, and I like the way that the movie portrayed them. It made so sure. much more sense. But right, right. still, like, he couldn't have... You're telling me that you have a group of... 30 to 50 year old people and you have at least 50 of them running this thing and they couldn't figure out how to defeat these buggers. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't, it doesn't make yeah. sense. It, it really doesn't. It doesn't make sense. No. And I still it's, feel really bad for the buggers. <laughs> oh yeah. How about that ending? Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. I mean, they did attack first. But. Were Did they attack or did, were they just running out of supplies and we could have just give, given them supplies once we figured out a way to communicate with them? I guess so, but didn't they kill a bunch of people? Yeah. Well, that's how it was portrayed in the media, which I think is oh, was a big, true. big issue because that yeah. symbolizes a lot about the current government as well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> media portrayal. Yeah. But was there any else on your list of themes? Mm. Absolutely. Speaking of weird sexualized themes... Maybe it's just me, but I (laughs) was super creeped out or like just felt weird about Ender's relationship with his sister. Yeah. I don't know how it was in the movie because I don't actually remember the movie that well. I don't even remember if she's in it. I think she is. Yeah, Valentine. Okay. Um, It was just weird that they were like so close, but not, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. They were like so bonded and she was like the only person that Ender loved and he like doesn't really love his parents. Uh, It was just weird. Yeah. And I don't remember the ending of the movie, but Ender and Valentine at the end of the book essentially like live on this asteroid planet alone. Is that the conclusion of the book or is that whenever they the whatever his name is, the dude that like picked Ender? 
Graft. Starts with a G. Graft. Thank you. Graft like tries to trick Valentine into writing to Ender, telling him that he needs to do this. Oh no no no! I think so. That's when he comes to Earth. So he yeah. they make Valentine write one letter to Ender, and then later Ender comes to Earth briefly, and they let him like hang out at a lake house for a month, and they bring Valentine to see him there. Right. Okay. And she talks him into going to command school. I think. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep, yep. That is what's going on. So also, you're just having an eight-year-old hang out at a lake house for a month? Mm -hmm. Because that's normal. Totally. He would be totally fine with, like... Making his food (laughs) and doing his laundry. (laughs) And doing his laundry with all these clothes that he suddenly has. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh. Yeah, I just I felt like maybe it's not as weird as I'm portraying it, but I didn't find their relationship to be believable because it was too much. As someone who's super close with their sibling and like, I don't know, it just like didn't seem. Well, and you guys are the opposite sex. Like, yeah, you guys literally are Valentine and Ender. Uh, does mm-hmm. it say what the age difference is between Valentine and Ender? Um, I think she's 11 at the beginning of the book when Ender is six. So they're exactly the same age distance that my brother and I are. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I feel like that aspect of the book was written by someone who didn't have a sibling. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this book was written by someone who didn't experience any of these things. Someone who is an only child and doesn't have any experience with children and doesn't have any experience with women. (laughs) (laughs) Or anyone of a different race or <laughs> like or anyone <laughs> or anyone, <laughs> literally just a hermit. Um, because yeah. when my sister was five going on six and mm-hmm. I was 11 going on 12 because we're mm-hmm. the same age difference as well. Right. Well, I definitely did not like her. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the most irritating time frame. Like I would say from like five until the elder one goes off to college. Shit just isn't like right. It's just not right. It's well, they're Uh, they're like hitting the stages of like puberty while you're trying to be cool and in high school. mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it's just not, you know, it doesn't line up nicely. I mean, on the other side of that, my brother and I have been close basically our entire lives. I think the phase where we maybe the most didn't get along was when he was like 10. Yeah. And I was 15. Mm -hmm. And that was like my angsty time as a teen. And he was like a little kid. Yeah. Still trying to be fun and have a good time. (laughs) Yeah. And I had like no interest in fun. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. There was like a couple years in there yeah 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 and i would say it was maybe like a year or two yeah but we were still really good friends Mm -hmm. and then everything else around that was fine but it still was an unbelievable relationship yeah it it doesn't matter how great of a relationship you had it seemed way too like romantic yes that's it felt more like a romantic level of connection Mm -hmm. than a sibling connection and also they're very different yeah as they should be (laughs) yeah i don't say it was it was written in a way that felt like a romantic writing to me and i just like couldn't get over it i was just creeped out every time yeah it was really creepy definitely very creepy so what did you think about that ending i thought that was really douchey but i understand why they 
I'm talking specifically about like the old switcheroo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it was douchey, but it made sense in the respect yeah. of you not needing to explain everything to everyone because that's just kind of right. how government works. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and they probably wouldn't have done it if they had known the whole truth. So I, I, I oh, get absolutely. the reasoning why to do it. But the buggers, right? Buggers mm-hmm. yep. did have not um, attacked in how long? I don't know, years, because I don't know if the movie portrays this but it takes them years to mm-hmm. get there yeah so and not to mention that i don't think we had space like stations and stuff so like they there was time to build these space stations mm-hmm. time to build this like protocol try to figure out what we're trying to do like this yeah. is like probably 20 to 30 years later oh no no no! it's much more it's 75 okay okay did they have um the the previous amazing commander is his name <gasps> yeah Yep, with the yeah. face tattoos. He has face tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why the fuck would he have face <laughs> I tattoos? Don't I don't know, oh, but he does. That is not described in the book, as far as I can remember. Oh my Wait, god! Wait, let me double hilarious. check that I'm not mix- mixing shit up. Oh it was my Commander. God, You're right. So it was Mazer. Yeah, he lived on this asteroid planet. And it's, I think it's technically like an old bugger colony that they took over and then used as their station. He stayed there long enough for his wife to die, his children to have grandchildren, and his children to die. And he is like, somehow, and I don't understand, somehow by being on this planet, he has not aged. So like they reserved him and kept him there so that he would be able to train the next commander. Wow, I got nothing of that from the movie. It's well, probably not it's relevant really enough. <laughs> no, and it didn't make any sense. So like he, the author. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you find the face tattoos? No, but I'm just like laughing at how just absurd this whole like the stupid details that he that he throws in there. Oh, and there's more that like that we'll talk about for the ending that I think is really random and I don't understand. Um, But yeah, so like time is different there, which that is not how the space time continuum works. No, you can't just like fly around in space and not age. That's not how it works. Yeah. So yeah, that guy's been there for 75 years and then it maybe took them like another five to get there. So I don't know. It's been like at least half a century. Well, so then, yeah, that's what I don't understand. Like, so why are we still, like, why are we still trying to go after them? And why, like, I understand that, like, we've now set this precedent and we can't just, like, back out of it. But, I mean, after a certain period of time, like, that generation has now passed. It's like, there should be, like, some sort of, like, revolt against it, don't you think? Like, not everyone wants to fucking deal with this anymore. It's been 75 years. Right. No one's, like, concerned about how much money the government spends on this, like, space destruction program. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, are you seeing my screen? Oh my god. Yeah, what what is uh, this? I don't know. Why would he have face tattoos? That's a really odd choice. Why on earth would he have face tattoos? Yeah, I don't know. Just maybe also, to set him apart? I can't remember that actor's name, but I love him. Uh Ben Kingsley. Yes. Yeah. yeah he's the best. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, there was fat face tattoos and don't a lot of that. misconceptions that I didn't quite understand. <laughs> All right, well, let's go over those because I read the book. They're probably different, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Their their technology is enough that they can 
create games as they happen. <laughs> right. And then what we can just like set aside the learning computer program that makes <laughs> the like extra games that Ender plays. Yeah, that, like the tablet games. Yeah, yeah. The tablet games that magically morph to the landscape of his mind. Yeah. That's aside. We have no idea what's happening on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's so many aspects that I just still was like, man, I don't I still don't understand the point of the game. And did that ever like get a conclusion other than the fact that it really just showed Ender had like an, an amazing mind? Um, Yes and no. So I don't remember. Actually, I do kind of remember the ending of the movie when Ender like walks up to this bugger and she hands him the cocoon and he takes it. Yeah. Or he's dreaming. So he gets a bunch of like fever dreams Um, after the conclusion of the battle. And it it turns turns out that the, the buggers, the aliens, had a little bit of communication with him through one of the technologies that the humans were using. And I didn't read close enough to remember what it is. Mm-hmm. They have some kind of communication device. Never tried to use it on the buggers. Yeah. <laughs> But the but they used it. So because they communicate telepathically and they don't have a spoken language, they were never able to communicate with humans, but they were able to reach out to Ender in his dreams and kind of like access his memories, I guess. Oh, okay. So on a different planet, maybe? I don't remember. It might be on their planet. It doesn't matter. They build the giant. Oh. So they set up his dream on one of these planets and Ender goes there just kind of like walking around doing his thing and he sees something that looks like the game and he's like that's odd because theoretically only he and the controllers would have seen that so he goes and the aliens have built the landscape like the the giant's bones and the town it's all there so he like walks through this constructed thing and he you know goes up and where the the room where the snake Mm -hmm. appears and then he sees himself in the mirror and he's peter Mm -hmm. they built the mirror and he sees only himself but he goes through the mirror or he pulls it down i can't remember and that's where the cocoon is and it's hidden there and like as he picks it up he communicates with them so like this cocoon that he's holding that one communicates with him? I'm not sure. The queen <laughs> somehow has left a telepathic message for him and he understands. And I'm going to say understands because it's like a weird telepathic thing that I, I don't understand. He suddenly understands their history, why they attacked, and it was that they didn't think that humans were people. They thought they were just creatures and they were like, well, we'll just get rid of these and, and take their resources. Yeah. Because they didn't have spoken language. They didn't understand that we were higher creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they've left a queen for him. So like the thing in the cocoon is a new queen. Okay. That has been impregnated by all of their like male youths. Okay. <laughs> super awkward description that didn't need to happen. I'm not going to read it. We're not going to talk about it. Okay. Once again, don't need this. I don't need the sexualization of this story. And the like the queen, the the previous queen who like wrapped up this new queen of the cocoon and left this message for Ender (laughs) says that she forgives him and that like if only they had all understood each other. Yeah. Then they wouldn't like the buggers wouldn't have attacked us. We wouldn't have attacked them back. And like, that's it. So Ender takes the cocoon and he hides it and he keeps it with him for like fucking years to come because he's on this planet with his sister aging at the rate of like a quarter of what a normal human age is at. That's the end. (sighs) 
But there's more books, I think, actually. Yeah, it looks like there's more books. So the movie just tells us that he's going to go and find a new home for this new queen. Yeah, that's like the, he makes that pact in his mind. Like he'll Mm. carry her until he finds a place far enough away that it's safe and he'll let them rebuild their civilization by like planting this queen, I guess. (laughs) Just planting her in the ground, hoping she grows. He's just going to like water it. Yeah, I mean, that's the weirdest fucking conclusion I think I've ever heard. Well, let's add to it. There's this weird, do you remember Peter and Valentine start this like weird online blogging? Yes. Yeah. Like political blogging? Kind of. That continues. So that makes up a large portion of the ending and I skimmed through all of it because I just could not give a fuck. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I feel you. Peter, I think, becomes the world leader of Earth jokes <laughs> no no no. he does and he rules for a really long time there's relative peace because of what valentine has written and set up i don't fucking know um, what <laughs> she starts recording the history like earth's history like ender's story and so then ender becomes like this online blogger who is contributing to the history and he calls himself speaker for the dead and valentine includes his stuff in the history and it this is a book bu- this write. is in the book this, this is, is in all the in the book. It's all in the book. She finishes the tale when she's 25. But at that, at the time that she's turning 25, Peter is like 80 and he fucking dies because he's 80. Oh. And like, I don't know why it was included. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to guess, how many pages do you think it was? Um, probably. Okay, I'm, I'm going to look because it'll be easy. So 324 is the last page of the book. It's actually not that many. Okay. So 15 is the chapter entitled Speaker for the Dead, and that starts on 306. So it's like... No, I mean, 20 pages is a decent amount. 20 pages. Well, it's kind of sprinkled in there a lot. Yeah, okay. So it's not just like a chapter. No, it's not anything by itself. It just like... I, yeah, I don't even know. And you're trying to tell me that Peter, the sociopath, somehow starts ruling Earth and there's peace? Yeah, I don't understand Peter's character. That person should be locked up. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. No, he rules. He rules Earth as like a president. Again, if we have peace, oh, we're to assume that we have peace because Ender killed all the buggers. Yeah, that's pretty much the story that the government puts on the media. Also, I forgot. He and Valentine go to the new colony. So there's like a second Earth. (laughs) Jesus. This is getting so crazy. It gets so absurd in the last 20 pages. And she like tries to convince him to come with her and like help out with this this colony and like not really be the leader. Maybe he is. I'm not sure. But like, I don't know. Be important on this colony. Yeah. And he's like, all right, fine. I'll go. And she's like... Like, yay, this is amazing. We'll start this new colony together. And, and this is Peter? No, this is Ender. That's, okay, I was going to say, holy shit. No, no, no. Peter stays on Earth. And right, Ender right, right. has already yeah. decided that he's never going back to Earth. Okay, all right. So Val is like, you're not going back to Earth. You can't sit on this broken planet forever. Why don't you just come to the new colony with me? Because I think she is going to be an important figure on it. Ah, Because I got of her you. political writings. I don't know. This this could be wrong because I Skimmed. was speed. I was speed reading. Right. Just we're going for quantity not quality (laughs) well and i feel like he was the author was going for quantity not quality (laughs) yeah 
I don't know. Uh, <sighs> this is a just an aside um, about another thing that I thought of that was just so unbelievable. In the movie, does he kill Bonzo? He gives him a traumatic brain injury and okay. he doesn't wake up for a bit, but then does eventually wake up. Oh, wait, no. Oh, no, wait, no, no, he, no. I think they unplug him, essentially. I think they unplug him, yeah. Because he has no brain activity. That's a little bit more believable. Yeah. Um, Ender I'm kills him in the book. <laughs> in the book, he fucking dies. <laughs> like, when Ender, Ender, like, delivers this final blow mm-hmm. to his face and he's, like, already dead. Ender doesn't know that. But what? he's, like, he's, like, I'm guessing the old, like, smash the nose mm-hmm. into the brain. Ah. Uh. And, like, that's how you, <laughs> you can kill someone with, like, a super awesome kung fu move. <laughs> He kills him. So Ender is what, eight? Yeah. And And kills a 10, maybe 11 year old? I think he. Yeah, he's probably 10 or 11. So he kills him in this like combat fight. And they don't tell Ender. Like he never sees Bonzo. They don't have that like dramatic scene. Someone's talking. It's like in one of the stupid expositions in the beginning of the chapter. Mm -hmm. Not only did he kill Bonzo. Do you remember the kid that he got in a fight with at school? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that kid fucking died. Oh, my God. I don't know how. Don't know how and don't know why. And why does why why does Ender need to kill people? Is that just to make us like not like him? I don't know. It it was like the whole weird hero perspective that Ender like had so much compassion and so much empathy, but he was also a killer. He was like the perfect mix between Peter, who's a psychopath, and Valentine, who has too much compassion. Oh right. I remember them making a deal about that. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> they never tell him that. Like, I don't think he ever learns that he killed Stilson. That's that kid's name. Mm-hmm. But he just, like, kicks him a whole bunch. I have trouble believing that a six-year-old could kill an older child by, like... Kicking him. Kicking them. Yeah. yeah. Kicking them in the nuts and then kicking their face a couple times. Yeah. That's... No. It's just... No. In the movie, Bonzo... He gets, like, one really good hit on Bonzo and it puts mm-hmm. him off balance and Bonzo falls backwards and cracks his head on a tile step. Yeah, because they're fighting in a shower, which is, like, the most slippery and dangerous fight I could possibly imagine. And that makes sense. In the book, Ender fucking punches him to death. One Hmm. punch. One punch. To the face. Huh. That just like still solidifies to me that it this was so poorly written and so poorly organized that literally not even fight scenes make sense. <laughs> no. And it's all just like kind of gross and creepy. Yeah. It's so funny because this book has won so many awards. I know. And it was so fucking racist. In my original copy on my Kindle, I downloaded a PDF version that was like almost an original copy in addition mm-hmm. to the library book, which has obviously been edited. He uses slurs in the original book and his editors must have made him take it out. Like he says the N-word in the book. <gasps> what? <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's when Ender goes from Salamander to Rat and they and one of the boys piss him off or something and he calls him an N-word. <laughs> Ender does? Yeah. Oh my god. What the hell? I'm not, yeah. I like, why? That's not necessary. Like, I just don't understand. I thought that I had the original because it says author's definitive edition. I don't know what that means, but apparently I do not because that was not. Yeah, let me see if I can find the exact line. Dear Lord. Maybe it was really popular at the time and then it just kind of fell out of popularity because to be honest i haven't really heard a lot of people talk about it yeah it just kind of it became a movie and i was vaguely aware that it might be a book so i looked it up and it was 
Um, okay, so here's an inter- uh, Goodreads. <clears throat> I'm reading Orson Scott's Cards novel. Okay, this is exactly what I'm thinking of. Ender's Game. Excellent premise. Excellent writing. Can you? No, it's not fucking excellent <laughs> writing. Are you joking? Are you joking, N-E? I'm really liking this novel. Then wham, crazy N-bomb scene where Ender is trying to be cool and witty and makes a comment to another boy that we can't all be N-words. The boy says something to the effect that my grandmother, grandfather would have killed you for calling me that. And Ender's response is, mine would have sold you first. <gasps> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't remember the second line. <laughs> oh my God. What in the world? And that's not necessary. What did that provide us to the scene other than the fact that Ender's a fucking sociopath? I'm genuinely speechless. I don't even know what to say. Is there anything else to say? No. I think that just epitomizes how fucking terrible this book is. <laughs> so crazy. Um, How would you summarize this book in two sentences? Oh, no, fuck. I forgot about all that. <laughs> I forgot about all these things. I didn't write them down either. You know, I, I, mean, I honestly can't even think of like two minutes or two sentences to summarize this book. Oh, I forgot we always used to do uh, newspaper headlines, too. <laughs> no, it's not supposed to be newspaper headlines. It's that when you ask me to do oh, a oh, two-sentence oh. summary, I automatically go into, like, 20s newspaper, <laughs> like, 20s Sensationalist. newspaper cowboy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> extra, extra. <laughs> uh, terrible science fiction fantasy leads to the total genocide of an entire species. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I thought you were going to stop after terrible because of that minute hesitation. (laughs) It's got genocide. It's got racism. It's got sexism and space fights. And space fights. (laughs) The movie was great. I know. The movie had literally none of that. Nope. It was a great movie. (laughs) Whoever the director or writer was, was like... Listen, there's a great story here. There's a great premise, but we're going to cut some shit out. Yeah, we're going to have to cut a couple of these things out of here. <laughs> we're going to have to wrap this up a little. And the way the, the, paint b- the book describes the game, like it's like a Game Boy or his tablet. Like, mm-hmm. I can't remember what they call it. A desktop? A desk, yeah. They just a call desk. it a desk. Yeah, it's a tablet. <laughs> I know you didn't tablet. have those in the 80s, but like it's a tablet. <laughs> it's definitely a tablet. <laughs> a very large tablet, I'm assuming. Yeah. Also, we did zero intro. <laughs> <laughs> no we did oh nope nope didn't do what are you drinking didn't do what are you drinking too for no. well we we talked about our weeks that's probably good that's probably <laughs> that'll it'll be enough uh well we're gonna take a couple more weeks off i think because you need to wrap up your semester mm-hmm. which will be done in two weeks one week one week oh yeah. after next I- thursday you're done i'm done with like class and exams Oh, that's exciting. Okay. So then, yeah, we are going to take a little bit of a break. (laughs) And then because we took a six-week break, we probably won't take six weeks again. (laughs) I hope not. I know, honestly, once I get over this candidacy exam, uh, I'll be able to catch up. And if we read something that's not as torturous as Ender's Game, then I can read faster. A hundred percent. I just felt like at least one of us should get through it just in case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just in case it made a miraculous turnaround. But, you know, moral of the story, it didn't. So I won. You lost. <laughs> I would I would love to know what other people think about this book because I was really excited for it. Oh. I really like 
space science fiction and it just really let me down does it let other people down do other people read this and they just like don't care about the other stuff and they're fine and they love it yeah i don't know we can be sitting at one of those tables and it says ender's game sucks change my mind <laughs> yeah that's, that's what i need someone tell me why this book is okay yeah well do you want to pick a book for not this week to read but next week to read for next week yeah um i picked ender's game so i think it's technically your turn there. oh you're right let's see here Oh, Mortal Engines. So I watched the movie. Did you watch the movie? I did not, but my parents did and they said they liked it. (gasps) I loved it. Oh my God. Well, then we have to do a Mortal Engines. Okay. It was such a good movie. Maybe we can watch the movie together. Yeah, that'd be fun. We'll do three episodes for Mortal Engines. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, that it was a really good movie and I think it's going to translate well into a book. Cool. Okay, so we'll do Mortal Engines. I don't know who's it by. Let me look. Um, So the reason we picked this one, because that movie just came out in November, December of 2018. And it looks like a fantastic movie with a female lead. Thank you. Thank you. Um, wait, it is a book, right? Okay, it's a book. (laughs) Okay, I was like, I think it was on the list. Yeah, originally published in 2001 by Philip Reed. Mortal Engines is the first of four novels in Philip Reeve's quartet. (laughs) Is that a thing? Of Uh, the same name. (laughs) I guess so. Um, Oh, shoot. I just lost that. The book focuses on a futuristic steampunk version of London, now a giant machine striving to survive on a world running out of resources. Dystopia for the win. That is very dystopian. This book is set in a post-apocalyptic world ravaged by a 60-minute war, which I thought was very interesting in the movie, which caused massive geological upheaval. To escape the earthquakes, volcanoes, and other instabilities, a nomad leader called Nikolai Quercus (laughs) installed huge engines and wheels on London and enabled it to dismantle or eat other cities and resources. There are other, because scientific progress has almost completely halted, old tech is highly prized and recovered by scavengers and archaeologists. Europe, some of Asia, North Africa, Antarctica, and the Arctic are dominated by traction cities. I guess the cities on wheels. (laughs) Cool. You had me at London eating other cities. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) and they they paid the money for the CGI in the movie, so it was good. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Um, okay, so we'll do that one then. All right, let's do it. That's enough of Ender's Game, I believe. <laughs> I'm ready to move on to the next one. If you're if you're liking the show and you want to get involved, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm really awful at Twitter, but if we get some people talking to me on it, I might be better at it. I'm much better <laughs> at posting pictures. <laughs> Give her some practice. Oh, man. And remember, the best way to survive homicidal space childhood <laughs> is with a book in one hand and a beer in the other. This time tea, but but beer is good too. (laughs) Uh, When you have migraines, beer doesn't do the best. No, I'm I'm signing off the beer for a little bit. (laughs) 